Hey everyone, this is Carrie Stevens, and I am here to conquer the Shout It Out Loudcast. That's right, Tom and Zeus are in big trouble. Bend over, boys. Carrie's taking over. If you people want a little bit of rock and roll, I said if you people want a little bit of rock and roll, shout it out loud! All right, ready? We've been recording. Fucking drop this. And I'll be too we in a minute. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. All right. <sighs> Hello. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 129. You wanted the best. You got the best. Yes, my friend. Yeah. Tommy, two live album reviews in a row. Yes. Yes. I know people might be asking what's going on with that, but these are all, this is topical. So obviously last week, was the release of Off the Soundboard, so we had to do that. And this week, this is the 25th anniversary of this live compilation. Yeah, it's a live album and a compilation. Yep. So how are we going to rank this? We'll save that for the end of the episode. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so that's why we're doing this. So yeah, we try the big anniversaries we try to uh, observe. This is the 25th anniversary. So yeah, so the 25th anniversary of this episode. Yeah, it's the 25th this- anniversary of this episode. <laughs> It feels like it. We've been doing this for fucking 50 years, it feels like. <laughs> the 25th anniversary of this album. And what we is funny is like, we only did one live album in our three-year history. Yep. And also, we're doing two in a row. Yeah. So, oh, well. Yeah, but the, but the big question, though, is this a live album or is this a compilation? Because it's a, in my book, it's a compilation. Yeah. 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 So we'll talk you know who about can, it. You know who can chime in on that? Arnold? No. <laughs> Our friend, Miserable Musalem. <laughs> why Why would you bring him up? Because he'll chime in. Oh, you're making up your own rules. That's a compilation. It's not a live album. It's a compilation. He's a curmudgeon. <laughs> That's going to be his solo album when he when he when he gets kicked out of restraint. He's going to have a solo career. The curmudgeon. <laughs> oh, you like that? Oh, that, that album sucks. Oh, you like going that place? That place is terrible. Oh, you, you like, like? Oh, you like the Kiss Cruise? This cruise sucks. <laughs> the cruise. I can't wait. We're going to have such a. Oh, it's going to be a great time. Kiss Cruise. It's going to be more like the piss cruise it's also going to be like the curmudgeon cruise <laughs> Dude, i'm going to create a piss cup 
fucking section of the of the boat where everyone's gonna have their piss cups out and be like, hey, what's going on? I hope it's not windy. <laughs> and throw the piss cup into the ocean. I hope it doesn't wind splash that shit. Well, uh, I see you got a little perspiration there on your glasses, you know. People could be like, wow, the, the sea's rough. There's a lot of spray from the ocean. Yeah, that ain't the ocean. No, that's the assholes on the upper deck. If you can see them trying to reach the ocean as they're dumping their piss. Because they're too lazy. They're too lazy to use the bathroom. So they're pissing in cups. (laughs) Piss cup inferno. Uh, There will be German women on the cruise. So you never know. Oh, yeah. Those great college day German porn. Pissing Inferno. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, lovely. Unbelievable. We're off to a great rated PG episode here. Yeah, and more big news. This is our maiden. Speaking of cruises, this is our maiden voyage with Zoom. Oh, yeah, we're trying that. We're trying to skip out on the Skype because um, I'm tired of fucking Jericho telling us, what the fuck? Are you the only asshole on Skype? I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Here we go. Although we bu- the bullying worked. <laughs> yeah. Although he didn't give us too much shit uh, on taping. And we just dropped. If you're listening to this now, we just dropped the episode we recorded with him where he was our first guest ever mm-hmm. on the album review crew. When we did poisons, look what the cat dragged in. Oy, oy, oy. Great episode. Oh, my God. So much friggin fun. Oh, that and, and was Jer- so- and Jer- Jericho just made it that much more fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yep. There was no holds barred. Nope. Fucking jokes, comedy, everything going off. Insults. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Good stuff. And uh, all goes according to plan on Friday as an early birthday gift to me for this Friday. We are uh, going to be uh, visitors and guests on Jericho's talk is jericho podcast mm-hmm. me you and our good friend sunny uh our member of the album review crew and the four of us are going to do an album clash of rats first two albums out of the cellar versus invasion your privacy now that was a lot of fun as well oh that was amazing yep that was that was so good S- great stuff again yep yeah so a couple jericho holic type episodes being mm-hmm. dropped on you guys this week yep and uh a couple live albums back to back so we've been kind of busy over here at this end and uh usually we always start these episodes by going to the previous week start with the polls tom uh you want to start and tell us what last week's poll was yep so last week we reviewed the uh the newly released off the soundboard tokyo 2001 in uh, the episode poll was, uh, if this is the start of a series of official releases by the band, what era would you like to see next? Uh, we got a ton of votes, ton of comments, and we actually have a tie. And we we broke we broke the four options into uh, eras. So the first era was from the debut album through Love Gun, and then Dynasty through Creatures, then the non-makeup era, and then Reunion to the present era. So the, the debut Love Gun era, and the Dynasty Creatures are both tied 34%. Non-makeup era, 29%. So those three were all were, were close. And the reunion to the present era, 3%. <laughs> Who is that 3%? 
probably the people that love Tokyo 2001. Uh, maybe they want more of that. I don't know. Or our buddy up in uh, Montreal, Jeremy. Oh, I get to listen to Eric Singer. Oh, stop. Good, Jeremy, good guy. You know, God bless him and his what he does. But he is just, he loves the new Kiss. He has like no regard for classic Kiss at all. At all. He's a big time troll, though. He's a big. Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah, but but he sh- also but he's also much younger than us. And when you talk about Kiss, it's, we like we say the age old saying, "Yo, way you came in with the band." He came in with the band later on, so he thinks Peter sucks. He thinks classic Kiss sucks. But yeah, but the, okay, you can like Eric Singer. There, it's just you're being a troll when you go on Kiss pages or Twitter and just say Peter Chris sucks to traditional fans. Oh yeah, and be like, "Oh, Eric Singer blows him away." Like, dude, you're just yeah. You, you, you know, no one's asked you this. No one's talking to you about it in your pay. You're you're going out doing that. It means you're trolling big time. Yeah, but he knows that he's got an audience and God bless him. Good show. Good guy. You know, we we have we always interact with him and have some fun on Twitter with him. So but some comments here. So I'm, I'm, I'll make a general statement because we got a ton of feedback. A lot of people. And this is no surprise because he was in the band for such a long time and he's so beloved and we never got a live album. Everybody wants an album from Eric Carr with the Eric Carr era, mm-hmm. whether that is a Creatures album or a Hot in the Shade album or an Asylum out, whatever. They want an Eric Carr album. Um, okay. Except, except for our buddy Zandon Black, who says, I want a Vinnie Vincent show. <laughs> I'd take that. I would take anything. I personally voted for the Creatures era live mm-hmm. album um, just because we have a live and a live too. So we have, we have those. And a lot of people talking about the Alive Uncensored DVD and how that would be cool to have like an official audio version of that because there's some bootlegs out there. Um, I think that's the CD that I got you last year that that bootleg CD of the uh, that's kind of like the audio version of the concert. It's it's of the tour. It's not the concert. Okay, yeah, it's the tour. Okay, it's in Europe. Uh, so, I believe that. Yes, Twisted Kister. I want something from the Bruce Kulick Eric Carr era, and then something with Vinny. Uh, give us the lineups that we don't have anything from. Yeah, that's kind of my my thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, Eladio, more dynasty through creatures, especially Eric's first show at the Palladium. Yep. Um, a lot of people saying the the hot in the shade would be phenomenal because that that live the uh, the set list was so great, and it would be Eric Carr's first official release. Um, our buddy West Beach, and uh, we'll get back to him too. He said preferably a creatures era, but with Paul and Jean's disdain for Vinny, probably not going to happen. Um, Against my better judgment, budget be damned. I did get end of the road tickets. That's ah, okay, Wes. It's gonna be. It's we're gonna have a great time. It doesn't matter. It's uh, as our buddies Steve and Sonny and Tony like to say. It's all about the hang. So uh, it'll be a good time. John Schaefer, uh, definitely not enough good Dynasty through Creatures recordings. I'd go there, and I would also love a Hot in the Shade show. I think that tour had the best possible Kiss set list ever. Um, and then James Six Star says something from ninety to ninety five. Okay. All right. So kind of Eric Carr, th- like prior to the reunion. I like that. Okay. Um, let's see. We got a lot of people saying creatures. A lot of people saying Eric Carr. Um, yep. Our buddy Josiah Horn, who uh, thanked us for his comment of the week and actually posted a picture too. So that was cool. Uh, he also agrees with hot in the shade. Uh, so a lot of comments, they are kind of a lot of the same, same feelings about what they want. Uh, if they, if they release these as a series, uh, and then a couple episodes, specific comments from Twitter, our buddy, Steve, we love him. He says, I can't argue with anything you guys said here. Yes. It's always great to have an official release, but this is a bit meh. 
Paul is probably the most annoying live he has ever been. Uh, they have done the I Still Love You bit a few times, primarily on the Japan and Australian tours. Okay, good to know. Um, Dish the Metal podcast. This album proves that the snoozer 100,000 years never should be in the set list anymore. The only reason they do it is so Eric can ape the original Peter solo, which he does well. But if they tack that onto God of Thunder now, they could have saved 15 minutes for a couple extra songs. Speaking of the drum solo in God of Thunder, Zeus and I were commenting about that, about why was the drum solo in God of Thunder? We had a couple people give us some feedback that we kind of was an oversight on our part that on a live two the drum solo is during God of Thunder. It is so small compared yeah, to that's why I didn't re- that, years. That's why I didn't remember it. And they haven't done it in like 30 years. So like- I said, I said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Lee Bruton. I don't get why kiss releases live gigs from a tired and fatigued tour. Go out with a bang. They must have better gigs in the bank. I couldn't even finish this show. It was bobbing slow. I don't know. I don't know, but it sounded like they couldn't be bothered. Ooh, yikes. Uh, Randy Bosworth. I think this is a really cool album. I understand they could have picked a better show, but like you guys said, Paul and Gene never do anything by accident. Curious to see what the future holds for us. The fans. Uh, let's see. Frustrated. Somebody already said this. Okay. So he talks about the drum solo on alive too. Um, also, you didn't mention that. I love it. Loud skipped one of the choruses in the second half of the second verse. Why would they do that? Great episode though. Gene is famous for fucking up lyrics and he all, and he's done it many times with I love it loud. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why he skipped it. I don't know. Either, either it was conscious or it was Gene just flubbing the lyrics again. Let's see. This is B. I was surfing online to buy a rickety stool and a piece of rope during Ace's lengthy snooze fest of a solo. <laughs> Fortunately, I fell asleep and dreamt of this being a better live album that when it cheered me right up. God. <laughs> That's awesome. I love our listeners. I love oh, them. Boy. Uh, Carl Mastenbrook. Another great episode. It's not the best Kiss release, but I'll take something new over nothing. I fully believe that if Eric didn't come in with the makeup, Kiss would have hung up the tights and heels right then. Thank God for Eric and then Tommy for being professionals. Todd Herrig. Uh, he's talking about, you know, arguing about kind of complaining about waiting for his delivery for his for his people. He did get it. Um, Reg Daniels. Can't believe you compared kiss to the spice girls and didn't mention the village people that's like wow reg it, it, it's bad enough that zeus was making spice girls comparisons now you're making village people comparisons this we're talking about kiss the band we love oh god let's see alessandro rook great episode wow glad i chose not to buy a copy i wonder what tommy thinks of this release that's actually a really interesting point that i don't think we talked about tommy's in the band now he's like the fuck are you guys doing why are you releasing a live album with the with the with the other spaceman, or I should say, the spaceman? Um, so great stuff all around. That's some Twitter comments there. Good stuff from everybody as usual. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. So, yes. Uh, Tom, I'd like to kind of skip over to a place we don't usually go to all the time, but go we are it. on this one, and that is our Instagram page because we got a couple uh, comments over there. Okay, uh, cool. Radio Chaos, please. More Arnold Kiss lyrics, please. Oh Howdy, stranger. And he says he agrees 100% with our review. Bjorn Hoagland. Cool. My vinyl is caught in shipping hell, but it's coming. Dude, Bjorn but- Hoagland, d- did he play for the Rangers in like the 80s? No, you're thinking of Rejo Rootsalanian. Rejo, exactly. 
Exactly. Yes. Not to be con- uh, confused with Ulf Samuelson or Jell Samuelson. Okay. Good one. Okay. And where's Petri Skrico from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. He, he's hanging out with Ray Newfeld. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and Zarly Zalapsky. Here comes your 80s NHL moment. Yeah. Well, hanging out with Mike Moffitt and uh, Bob Froze. <laughs> oh, man. Kay oh. Whitmore. <laughs> oh, God. Go ahead. Keep going. Over to YouTube. YouTube. Um, Devin Dungan. Great episode, guys. I really dug the new album. Looking forward to future releases. Mark Stewart. I saw Paul's interview about the possible reunion with Peter and Ace. It made me laugh because you said it was Paul's politics. I call it politics. <laughs> the second one oh, was the right. interview like with, the, with the guy wearing the Iron Maiden shirt. I saw that video. What pissed me off was Eric Singer running his mouth and comparing it to wearing a jersey to an opposing team's game. Had that been me, I would have looked directly into the camera and announced, look who's educating me about wearing someone else's uniform. <laughs> um, oh, that's beautiful. And then he puts on here, Gene Simmons as the demon is about as scary as the Yeti in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, that is terrific. That's yeah. good stuff right there. Thanks, Mark. Yep. Um and then uh, Marty White jumps in. Hi, Mark. Yep, Singer was the worst of the bunch during the interview. I thought he was the most aggressive flex. Wow. Uh, That's too Mr. bad. Mr. Antonio 2005. Fan interaction between songs is important. But good good Lord, you have to pick your spots, Paul. <laughs> they need a manager that is going to say, settle down there, Pappy. He needs a muzzle at times. One one hopes at some stage is a good quality. What the fuck is this English? One hope at some stage is a good quality. Uh, Creatures of the Night, Lick It Up, 1983, 1984, live releases with Vinny and Eric. That was sonically a dangerous lineup. However, anything with Vinny attached likely doesn't happen because of possible private Cusano filing a lawsuit. Mm. Bruce Eric hits tour. If they have a good soundboard recording, we'd be welcomed as well. Lastly, check out Gene on Talking Wax with Stefan Adika on Saturday night. Gene lets loose, and it's a funny interview. Gene nice. can be funny. If oh, yeah, wants. very much so. Uh, yep. Anthony Stratus, I'm feeling Tom's disappointment with the album's release. I've got this on VHS much better visually than sonically. On a side note, I saw this tour in the April of 2001, twice in Melbourne, Australia. It's still to this day, my favorite kiss concert. I've seen kiss live in concert nine times. Great episode guys, Matt Weller's Dick. I like this release. Paul sounds like a piece of shit as always. (laughs) Tokyo, 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 Tokyo. I like how he starts off. I like this release. Paul sounds like a piece of shit. Oh, my God. Harry the Man, Let Me Go Rock and Roll is the worst Kiss song of all time. (laughs) Terry the Man, this should have been a DVD CD release compete 
with a kiss French tickler or the new kiss double dong. Oh my God. Um, Wow. Yeah. And then MTL Voots, better known as Costa. Yes. To Keo. (laughs) I can just imagine Gene's face when he found out that Paul chose this show for the release. Phantom voice, parenthesis, star child. Are you sure of this? Paul waving his hands in the air. Now, listen, those Japanese were a hell of an audience and they deserve a round of applause. Yeah, yeah. Gene, Paul, seriously, are you okay? Paul, Anato, I don't know what the fuck this is. Bear with me, guys. Anato wa Nihon Gene. Don't you love the Japanese? Gene, <laughs> perhaps you're right. I do like listening to Brew, Blue Oyster Cult's Godzilla. My favorite manager's Mr. Fuji. <laughs> and the only Arnold that counts is the Japanese guy on Happy Days. Oh, my God. Paul, Tokyo. Tokyo, Gene, <laughs> Zilla, Zilla, Zilla could be better with more cowbells. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not to be undone, Marty White. I have a few connections in the KISS world, and I got my hands on some rare backstage footage of the Japan, the Japan shows with Eric and Ace. For these shows, Paul and Gene hired a personal trainer and handler for Ace. I was shocked to see who it was. Below is the dialogue from parts of the footage. Oh, boy. This is when the trainer first met Ace. Ace was as shocked as I was when the trainer entered the room. Ace. Act. Miyagi. Miyagi. Oi. Miyagi make you honorable. And it looked like it was all going well until Ace's arm got stiff. Miyagi. Miyagi give exercise to heal arm. Must keep elbow in motion. Do exercise. Bend elbow. Straighten elbow. Bend elbow. Straighten elbow. This make better. Right. Bend elbow. Straighten elbow. Ace knew that the motion that motion well and soon added weight with the bottle of vodka. As you can imagine, Miyagi's good intentions were ruined by Ace's drunkenness. But it did inspire impromptu change of lyrics when he's saying, talk to me one night. He's saying, drink with me. Drink with me. All I want is some inebriation. (laughs) After the show, Paul chewed Ace out. But Gene surprisingly wasn't angry. He said, Ace Frehley, you know that I, the demon, don't tolerate drinking. But I do know. You knew the meaning of the word inebriation, and that is why you'll always make more than Peter. Man, holy shit. And then Terry the man adds, wax on, wax off. Um, Beautiful. (laughs) Over on our Facebook page, uh, another great, uh, this is from Jason Warden. Another great episode, brutal, but fair and honest review. I'm not surprised. It's a rather bland release. They have been in full nostalgia since 1996 and are so up until today. The last time they tried to actually put out anything cutting edge was with Carnival of Souls. 
But when the makeup came back on, it was over for them. Circus and the other two had some moments. But honestly, it's a band whose best days are way behind them. I just appreciate being able to see them. I could give a fuck who wears the makeup or it's backing tracks are helping. This release is not a live like album to me. It's more representative of how the band was at the time. It's real. It is too bad. They didn't release recordings from the hits tour. One that really details the band's history with its best songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of people want that one. Yeah. Scott Donaldson. Midway through the episode, guys, I can't believe you made the comment. What's the drum solo doing in God of Thunder? Did someone say alive too? I do admit, Zeus, I don't like listening to drums, guitar solos anymore. Uh, and then I just told them, like, they hadn't done that in fucking years. Yes, I know, mate. Just yeah. thought I would keep you on your toes. Yep. Kevin Jepson, do you even like Kiss? <laughs> this is why I love support you bozos. Complete honesty. And the Mr. Miyagi Arnold bits. I agree. And he had like a happy laughing face yep. emoji. I agree. Paul is very annoying on this. And man, is Ace a sloppy player. Definitely used to Tommy's spot on player. Loves Love Eric's drumming on this too. You can tell right away it's not Peter. Uh, Gordon Duncan. I love this release and I've listened to it five times. But as soon as Paul starts talking, I skip the next track. Uh, Chad Fisher. Awesome episode. I'm going to pass on this release. Would love to see something from the Asylum era. Since there weren't any pro-live video footage, I think it deserves a nice audio release. My other two, my other two wishes for the soundboard series would be the animalized live show and the performance from Magic Mountain during Kiss Meets the Phantom. But oh, I wouldn't shit, hold yeah. my breath. Yeah, exactly. Sean McNear. Do you guys even like Kiss? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Wallace. I really enjoyed this album. The set list is pretty good compared to today's set list. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? It's the same set list. I love the raw, sometimes sloppy sound of the band. Overall, for a soundboard, it sounds great. I really love this lineup. And then there is a super, super ridiculous Captain Kangaroo Stanley and his, I might say that, his stage banner. He was literally on 10 the entire show. He sounds like a complete fucking asshole <laughs> can someone please edit out all the oriental mocking by the international language interpreter paul the phantom of the opera stanley he was unbearable p.s if there's blood in her egg hole slip it in her mud hole oh my god are you jesus christ holy yeah. shit dude we don't say you sound like my old fucking high school hockey coach we don't use the word oriental anymore uh yeah, we also don't use the word we also don't use the term mud hole <laughs> but anyways yeah. uh michael anderson on lick it up when paul starts saying clap your hands tokyo i thought he was going to going to clap your hands everybody <laughs> and everybody oh clap your hands with lambda 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 and omega move Along we, comes the Lambda, four feet tall. Okay. Break. Uh, <laughs> Eric is undoubtedly Wormser. Oh, totally. By Gerald Rosenberg. Yep. Over on our group page, um, Jason Leonard. I got the vinyl yesterday. I picked up the basic black. Didn't care for the bird crap clear version. Can't wait to listen to you jerkies discuss it. 
Tony Smith, squeaky wheels gets the grease. Can't count how many people have asked, when is this review coming? I know this will be a good episode. Scott Donaldson over here. Good episode as usual, guys. You were talking about the previous episode on Eric Singh and how he would be happy to not have to wear that stupid hat or jacket in Soul Station. Well, check out Eric with his European carry-all. I don't know what the fuck he was wearing. It's not a purse. It's European. (laughs) I'm a fancy boy. Yeah. Daniel Peoples. Paul and Gene have zero to do with this being released, right? Isn't that one of Paul's issues with Universal? that they can't put out anything in the back catalog with no approval. Just going on things I've heard in other podcasts or interviews. And then, yeah, then we just debated the merits of that. Uh, he also writes, I was super excited about getting this, but getting in the mail today did make me feel like a little teenager again. A bare bones as package it is. I still get a thrill seeing the logo on something new. Yeah, he's Gillis right. Adds uh- meh. It was a simple reminder why the farewell tour was so bad. Ooh, and Mark ouch. Arnold added, great episode. I feel a little better after listening to the episode. I thought maybe I was the only one who didn't think the album was all that great. A yep. solo were br- pretty brutal. Yep. Listen to most of them. They're different enough from what I'm used to. And before and after Ace came back into Kiss. And they just don't sound good to me. I'm glad he cleaned himself up, but I'm still not confident Paul and Gene will take a chance on him again. I won't be disappointed if he if he comes back and can deliver it like he used to. I think Paul and Gene would rather take the possibility of failure out of the equation and continue to sell our shows with Tommy. Can you really blame them? Uh, uh, well, we will see for sure. Yeah. And that's it on my end, Tom. What else do we got? Uh, we got some emails here, so I'll go through a couple of those. So we got an email here from our good friend, Wesley Beach. Uh, He's been a guest on the show from the Plasmatics. We love Wes. Uh, He says, hey, guys, great show as always. And wish I would have listened to this concert before listening to your podcast, because after hearing your comments on it, I'm not as motivated to give it a spin. Packaging disappointment aside, it seems like a way for the boys to make a quick buck before getting back to the end of the road. I got my CD from Target, but still waiting on the LP I ordered from Kiss Online, but I did get an email telling me it's on the way. It is telling that there is no Beth, and it will be interesting to see how Peter and Ace are treated on the upcoming A&E special. Not favorably, I'm sure. On a sad note, Carrie Stevens tweeted that former Kiss behind-the-scenes keyboard player Gary Corbett has cancer, and a GoFundMe account has been set up to help her in him with his medical expenses. Yes, we're going to talk about that. I met Gary some years ago when he was playing with Joel and Turner. He was very cool and told me about his days on the crazy nights tour. It's sad. Too many musicians don't have health insurance to cover medical expenses. So if any of your listeners care to donate, it will be greatly appreciated. Keep up the great work. Thanks Wes. Yeah. We were going to talk about that. We'll, we'll just cover it here. So Gary Corbett, you know, like Wes said, behind the scenes, keyboard player for a lot of the 80 shows. Uh, there is a GoFundMe uh, thing set up for him because the poor guy is in very serious health. So as Wes suggested, if that's something you're interested, you could check out Carrie's social media. Um, I'm not sure if if Kiss has gotten involved. I don't want to say if they have or haven't, but something to check out there. So that being said, thanks, Wes, for uh, for the email. Uh, now we go to our good buddy, Gary Cap. Guys, great show. Took me two days to finish it. Woo, all right. Since you guys de- since you guys detailed every little thing on the release, I'll give you a little info comparing the original bootleg with this official release. Uh, first, the intro on Off the Soundboard has been dubbed. Paul's guitar tech, Fran Stuber, does the intro on the official release. The, the original bootleg has Mike Rush, who is Gene's bass tech, doing the intro. 
when Paul says it's getting hot in here after Deuce, he is taking the top of his costume off. And that's why we Eric is doing the weird drum thing because Paul is stripping. Yeah, we kind of figured that the way Eric was playing the drums. Uh, the official release, the tracking has the stage banter for the next song included. So when you were talking about Paul howling after Dr. Love, that is the beginning banter on Heavens on Fire. Yeah, I know what you mean, Gary. I hate when, when albums do that. Uh, everything else is the exact same. The details you guys went into on this was insane. And your honest comments are what makes this podcast the best. Rock on, Gary Cap, Gary, awesome. Thanks, buddy. Um, and then we got a great email from the legendary Murph, our buddy Murph. Gents, while I was listening, I realized that you were clearly delivering a message that was not likely to be embraced by all. However, you have been absolutely true to your word of being objective fans and not fanboys. After the thousands of hours the two of you have put into the show, to still be this forthcoming with your opinions is to be applauded. Very nicely said, Murph. While quality of performances and productions may vary, you are certainly fair in expecting a level of effort in the material they are providing their paying customers. I did have to chuckle because at one point, the criticism was piling up so much that it made me think of a conversation that I had with my daughter, who happens to be my goddaughter. After one of her travel basketball games years ago, I looked at her and said, quote, if you're going to give that kind of effort next time, please tell me beforehand so I can skip it and send your mother instead. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Hugs and kisses. Murph. Oh, Murph. We love you, buddy. Great stuff. Great stuff. And don't you dare talk to my goddaughter that way about her level of effort with basketball or any sports. You'd be nice. God damn it. Settle down, Murph. Exactly. All right. Zeus, you got some emails you want to chime in here on too? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's start with uh, Max Alias. Max says, I'm glad you didn't put off this review. It would have been tough to wait. As you can, as you guys guess, I've got opinions. Thank God you expressed most of what I was feeling listening to this highly anticipated release. You hit it on the head. Paul with this banter made this less enjoyable. Wasn't expecting to have that much actually left in Are We in Tokyo? Uh, also, in my opinion, he made some seriously poor vocal phrasing choices in sections. He should not be improvising at this stage of their career. Now for Ace. I wasn't expecting this recording to have the bombast of Kiss alive. And I was right. As someone who had been thought to be deep in the Ace cult, and there were plenty of rough moments that unfortunately were noticeable. Yes, I can admit it. Everyone should now understand the difference of hearing a live show without the visual distractions, even if you're imagining what's happening from a previous concert experience. Mm-hmm. I mustn't have had a as high as expectation as Tom because I don't think I was as disappointed. Musically, it was kind of a run-of-the-mill average, which wasn't too much of a surprise. This recording being a 20-year-old proves again one thing. They stayed way too long at the party. Peace out, brown trout. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Max. James Thompson. Guys, I won't reiterate my feelings on the off the soundboard release as they align with yours. I do want to address a couple of questions of the conspiracies you spoke about, though. Number one. Did they release this to show the fans that Ace was shitty even 20 years ago and that Tommy's a better choice now? It's funny you mentioned this because I had this theory once before. Growing up, Anthrax was also one of my favorite bands. It always made me happy that they were into Kiss too. 
their lead singer, Joey Belladonna, left the band under not so great circumstances in 92. He was replaced by John Bush, and I lost interest in the band. Then in 1994, Anthrax released a live album called The Island Years, presumably to meet the terms of their contract. The album was recorded on the 91-92 tour, and Belladonna was their singer. I remember spending uh, speeding to the record store after school to buy this thing, and holy shit, was it a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> Belladonna sounded awful. I think I ejected the CD right into my trash can. I've wondered since if that wasn't done to show the fans why he's no longer in the band. And since you mentioned it, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some of that with the first soundboard release. Many fans probably thought they bought the album because Ace was on it. And now this might curb their desire to see him back in the band. I'm sure that wasn't the main focus of the release, but they had to do no extra work to put this thing out. And that could be a pleasant little side effect for Gene and Paul. Two, was Beth not included because they would have to pay Peter? This one I can answer definitely no. Uh, It wasn't on the set list in any of 2001 shows with Eric Singer. If you look back at the band, they didn't immediately embrace having the standing guys copy all of Ace and Peter's shtick. Tommy was brand new when they recorded that god-awful symphony album. You'll notice there were no Ace songs or extended solos. And they even did Forever on that thing, which Peter clearly never rehearsed once. It wasn't until the 2004 tour that Tommy even copied one of Ace's standalone solos, but he didn't sing of any of Ace's songs and Eric didn't sing any of Peter's. When Paul started losing his voice later in the decade, they took over bigger parts of the show and started doing things like shock me and Beth great marathon show this week, weirdly disturbed by Zeus's deep knowledge on all things spice girls. That is a fucking fantastic email, James. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That good stuff. Very good stuff. You don't get it. Have you not seen the Spice Girls? Oh, oh, Actually from 20, 30 years ago, whenever they came. Oh, woof, height and leather. And they're all fucking dipping fucking colors and different hairstyles and different bangables in the bed. Like, ooh, bring over get a hold of yourself. Bring over a sporty spice. Ooh, oof. give me over a scary spice. Oof, pew. Oh. Give me some posh over here. Ooh, some fat spice. <laughs> Ooh, give me some red ginger spice. Ooh, what's that chubby spice? <laughs> I don't think there was a fat spice. Who am I missing? Am I missing one? Uh, this posh, posh, sporty, baby, scary, ginger, baby. Oh, baby spice. Underage spice. Is that what that is? Ooh, you even cute in your baby pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you got to go with posh all the way. And love to wear that fucking vinyl fucking leather. Oh, just settle down. Oh, God damn it. I, I, I got to go, people. I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> God damn it. Peter versus Singer. Email by Marty White. Wow, he skipped YouTube. Well, actually, he, we got YouTube comments for him, but read this. This is a good one from him. We got it from where? No, I was saying I was saying he, he usually does YouTube, but we don't get emails from him. So this is a good one. Where does he usually send his emails? Where, where does he usually send his comments? YouTube! <laughs> you do. <laughs> oh, Hi, is Jim around? I think it's an insulting thing. And I'm going to talk with him. Don't you worry about that. Uh, Marty says, 
I wanted to comment on the talents of Peter and Eric Singer since it came up in today's show. I didn't want to take up my entire YouTube section and, and like to write my nonsense there. Uh, my insights have some validity because I've been playing drums on something like 37 years. I was damn good until I developed a nerve illness. I still play almost every day to keep myself being able to play at about a below average level. Back to the topic. Eric is the more capable drummer. His chops are fantastic. Even as a basic fundamental level, Eric is a much better player. That said, I much prefer Peter. I prefer his style and feel. He's blistering on, yep, Tommy, he said it, dressed to kill. No doubt. But even if he had never had booze or drug problem, he would have gotten fired in the 80s because there's no way in the world he could play metal. That I like Peter's playing more than Eric is entirely subjective, though. It's objective reality that Eric is the more skilled drummer. I feel I should comment on Eric. I didn't appreciate him until an episode of yours you did with Joey Casada. He said something about how good Eric's groove was. I thought he was nuts, but I put on some of his 80s stuff and Casada was right. Too bad he sped up everything live during the 80s. Well, mm -hmm. got to go play a drum solo. I keep a hand towel on my bass drum so I can wipe my hands and press everybody with my ability to play 16th notes with my feet. Cringe, Marty. Oh, Marty. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. An email from Marty. Ooh, that's a special, special one. Yeah. Special um, what? Specialness. Mike H. Hey, guys. I apologize for the Beantown reference. <laughs> I didn't know it was despised by the locals. I was fresh off noticing and appreciating how you guys say, say fart as fart. Yeah, it's a fart. It's not a fart. It just doesn't seem natural to call you bean towners. I will cease and desist any future bean town stuff. There are only two reasons to add this album to my kiss collection. One being the rail lineup and the other being the addition of talk to me in the playlist together. And especially individual, they aren't enough to get me to part with my money. If they were to release something from the hits in revenge era, then maybe, but isn't that basically kiss alive three. So I can't imagine any live ever from any era, having enough uniqueness from anything that they already released to get excited about. I would consider if they release kiss cruise acoustic stuff or convention era stuff, because those are real live nuggets. Even if the songs are mostly sung by the audience or incomplete because the band doesn't know the song well enough. Some other notes. The drum solo was featured on um, God of Thunder and Alive 2 so many years after that that I thought it was how it was. It wasn't until they took the makeup off that Eric Carr showcased his solo during 100,000 Years or another song. I think they dropped God of Thunder from the set because it didn't fit Gene's B. Arthur look. Paul's Take a Look at Yourself People rap was during the time when they turned the house lights on the show, the audience on the big screen. This morphed into a photo of the audience being posted on the site after each show. It doesn't come across well on just audio. Another in a long line of great shows by you guys. Please continue. Come on and love me. Now, Mice also must have had, a, uh, like me, keeps um, forgetting things. So he keeps saying, sorry, one more thing. I'd like to buy a live album from a live two era that contained the actual set list from the love gun tour. I understand why live two didn't contain anything pre destroyer, but if there were to least some, I'd buy it. If anything, just to hear how the songs are played from a live one, two or three years later. But again, wouldn't that basically be the Houston, Texas show that was featured on HBO or home box as it was back then wish list, a live album of nothing but deep cuts impossible, but I know I can still wish. Well, 
we're talking about something close to that, right? Yeah. Well, Mike, if you're interested in bootlegs, I'm telling you, look out that there's places out there. You can find some some uh, Alive 2 versions that have some of the extra songs on there. So, it, But in terms of an official release, we can only hope. One more thing. Towards the end of the show, Zeus says, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. This sums up almost everything Kiss has done since 1980 with only a small handful of things that doesn't fit that sentence. Yep. And then he goes, Jesus Christ, one more thing. I remember during the reunion tour in 96, 97, seeing a sing a verse of Shout Out Loud, Cold Gin, and Rock and Roll All Night. This gave me a kiss boner. Sadly, nothing else has changed or gave me another kiss boner since. And then uh, final email for me is Jane Alslak Rasanen. In other words, our favorite Finland hockey player who uh, is cousins with Tuka Rask or Peke Rine. Or Temu Salani. Yes. He's cousins with one of the Finnish hockey gods. He's got to be, yep. right? This has I mean, to be. They're either KISS fans or they play hockey. That's Correct. how it works. Right? Yep. Yeah, so let's go. Summer greetings from Ulu, Finland. Once again, a great episode on the Tokyo soundboard recording, though I have to disagree to an extent on the quality of that show. It was better than I did to expect. The sound quality is pretty darn good. The band sounds bombastic, and the performance is not superb, but decent. I'm glad they put it out for whatever reasons they chose to do it. Most of all, I was amazed about the fact that a band that is well-known for having its live releases edited, re-recorded, and fixed in the studio has the balls to put out an unedited live sounding board, soundboard recording. Very unkiss-like thing to do, and very cool for the same reason. Almost shocked me. Surely there are plenty of fuck-ups and other reasons to facepalm, especially from Paul and Ace, but that's pretty much what I've witnessed in their concerts. After being a performing musician myself, I know that it's impossible to play a 100% perfect show unless you pull up a chair. Even though Paul fucks up the intro to I Still Love You, I detect hints of real emotion in the delivery of that song. He also fucks up the intro to Deuce. Those things can happen live. couple things about Eric Singer. I think this was an era he changed his playing to resemble more of Peter's drumming. I feel he had to dumb it down and slow it down. <laughs> the tempos are dragging at times, especially on Shout It Out Loud. Otherwise, I thought he plays really well. We all know he does what he does and told and what he told to do, and he does it well. The drum solo on God of Thunder is where he, it should be, like on a live too. 100,000 years is already extended with Paul's raps. A drum solo on that song is not needed. Uh, a drum solo isn't needed at all for anything, but... Anyways, if a drum solo is ever needed, personally, I don't mind them when they come in reasonable lengths. Finally, I have a uh, a question for you. Do you think you can pinpoint a year or, or a tour when Paul changed from a potentially inspirational party preacher with witty raps to some cringe-worthy you wish you would just shut the fuck up and play the next song? I love the man, but he really kills the momentum too many times on this Tokyo concert. And because the soundboard doesn't pick up crowd noise as well at times. I heard crickets. All the best, Finland. Love looking forward to your uh hearing your next episode. Jane Aslak Rasanen. Um great, great stuff. comment. And I you know what? We might uh save that question for <clears throat> question of the week. 
So we'll see. Uh, we'll see about that one. Yep. Uh, Tom, we did get a bunch of DMs, didn't we? We did. We did. Yes. Uh, let's see what we got here. I will start with one from Joe Papalato. He says, hey, guys, listen to the show, and I'm only at track three. Shout it out loud. And the reason they sound off is because Ace doesn't sing. He talks the fucking song. <laughs> Ace was trying not to fall down or vomit on the farewell tour. Pills. I need more pills for my Lyme disease. <laughs> he does like the laughing emojis. Uh, Sean Hammond. Hey, guys, there's something random and inspired by Platinum Paul. I decided to look up Kiss official sales. I looked on Wikipedia. It says that Alive was 12 times gold, which as a Canadian in the States, gold is 500,000 copies which means it sold 6 million, but was not certified platinum. Is this just overinflated ego by the band or a misstep by the RIAA? Cheers. Gary Roth. Hey guys, just a comment about the last episode regarding rock and roll all night. I don't know if you can call it a gene song, considering that Paul wrote the chorus. I think that's probably why he inserts himself into the song so much live. The chorus is actually his. That's a good point, Gary. Um, Stephen Wood. Just bought the album on iTunes so I could create an edited version. <laughs> it's much improved. Um, off the soundboard recording, I meant, though, I'm sure you figured that out. Yes, we did, Stephen. Thank you, buddy. And then we got one uh, from Rob Moody. Finished up the 2001 uh, soundboard episode. What can I say? Great show as always. But your album review just validated my decision to not buy it. Oh, Gene and Paul are going to come after us. Of course, I'll listen to it. But how many live albums do we really need? I've also opted out of going to the final kiss show because the last six times I've seen them, it's been the same, the same shoe outside of the same show outside of one or two songs, same stage, same antics, more money to go see it. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. I'll listen again next week. All right, Rob. Thank you, buddy. Look, I'm never going to tell anybody not to spend the money on something. Kiss, especially a concert. Yes. We talk about how it's the same set list, but there's not nothing beats a kiss show. I mean, don't I could see if you don't want to buy the, the off the soundboard record, but don't, if you can go see kiss, I, I would always tell you to go, but that's just me. So, yeah. Yeah. Tom, I want to end with one other thing. I left this last on purpose. And this is from our buddy, Graham Richley. I love you guys for calling it like it is. It is like Gene and Paul had a trading places kind of bet that they could put out an album with zero effort and see how much money they made. Plain cardboard-looking cover, no liner notes, not one single photo, and the masterstroke, not a single song we haven't already heard live. Talk to me is on disc three of the Kiss box set. And let's make every one of them worse than the version already released. Let's choose the most annoying stage banter of all time, throwing terrible guitar solo and drum solo, and bingo, off the soundboard, Tokyo's release. Genius. Are the band seriously proud of this? Well, Graham, we're proud of you, brother, because you are comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. Like the way you think. I'm gonna be watching you. <laughs> yeah, Graham, you nailed it. Those comments were fantastic, and I think I may have commented on it too, saying that your brief review there was better than our entire show review. Uh, yeah, you nailed it, and you know, there's nothing wrong with being honest. So, uh, love it, Graham. Thanks, buddy. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's better than ours. You, I will play Kiss every day of the rest of my life, but that album has turned me off from ever visiting Tokyo. <laughs> oh, don't, don't blame the poor people from Tokyo. And fucking, and then who else jumps in but the curmudgeon? Exactly why I knew as soon as announced that I would never buy this thing. Oh. <laughs> the curmudgeon strikes again. Curmudgeon. Yep. Um. So those uh that's the feedback from last week's episode a lot but i think you know we we talk about this all the time when we go over feedback it's to kind of prolong the episode from the previous week and to keep the discussion going and it's our way of recognizing some of you guys that add stuff that we didn't think about to talk about in the episode and we want to kind of tip the hat to you and guys and keep you guys involved in the episode and make sure that you understand that you guys are a part of this show just as much as we are. Absolutely. Not to mention, we're doing feedback on a topic regarding a brand new Kiss release. So that, that the, all this feedback and this discussion, like Zeus said, we feel that it's warranted to, to prolong that discussion and, and give give it the attention it deserves. Because it's been a long time since we've had a Kiss release, let alone a live one. So, Yeah, from the band, not Paul Stanley and his fucking merry go players from uh yeah exactly. from motown yeah right and yep. you know this is a, a topical kind of conversation that which bre- brings out people's opinions on things that they haven't shared it's right. not me and tom reading opinions hey guys i'm putting it out there do you like do you like yes. this <laughs> um uh richie from uh oklahoma says i like kiss um yeah, uh, Fred. Fred from uh, Fred from Oregon said he used to like Kiss, but he doesn't anymore. Yeah, that's feedback. See you guys next week. <laughs> uh, miserable Musalam <laughs> from California says this this album sucks. <laughs> Thank you. Kiss blows. See you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway. Tom, uh, before we move on, we always like to give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, Recently, one of our good Patreon subscribers, one of our favorites, Mr. Jim Riley, put an awesome post up there. He had his kiss. uh, I mean, well, he had his shouted out loudcast shirt out there. And we love to say, uh, you know, thank you to Jim and everyone that's part of the Patreon family. We thank you for your support. It's come in handy. It's helped us tremendously. Uh, if you want to become part of the Patreon family with Shout It Out Loudcast, please go on to the Shout It Out Loudcast Patreon account. There's a link to it in the album episode description if you open up your podcast. And in addition to that, you can find it on the Patreon app or at patreon.com. You look for creators. And you would find Shout It Out Loudcast. And then check out what we're, we, what we're all about on there. See if that's something that might interest you. We greatly appreciate uh, all your support. And we always like to give a shout out and tip the hat to all our Patreon members and thank them for the, all their support. And we appreciate all that they do for us. And they keep this podcast going. 
Absolutely. The, we say it every week. You, the people that are part of the Patreon family, fantastic. We love that support. Uh, we can't express our gratitude. We try to express our gratitude every week. You guys are amazing. And uh, Jim Riley, dude, that post that, that you sent on Twitter there with your the picture you wear in the shirt, that was just fantastic. We love to love to see that stuff. So thank you so much for that uh, to Jim and to everybody else out there that's part of the Patreon family. Thank you very, very much for your support. Yeah, Jim is awesome. He, he's out yep. there telling people, oh, yeah, come on, support shout. You guys are the best. You guys Absolutely. are the best. Yep. We love you. Do you, guys, do you like shouting out loud, Cass? <laughs> Me too. You think Tom and Zeus are assholes? I do. Me too. They're just mean. Why don't they say nice things about Kiss? Like, hey, is Ace a fun member of Kiss? He's, he's a good guy. He's fun. I think Paul is a fantastic role model. Do you? God, the fucking <laughs> A. All right. Let's go over to Kiss World, Tom. What's going on there? Well, everybody's kind of bracing themselves for the big A&E biography special, which will be dropping. Uh, this episode drops on Saturday. Part one of the Kiss biography will drop on Sunday. So everybody will be talking about that Sunday and Monday, a two-part thing. Hopefully there's some uh, some new stuff. We are keeping ourselves away from all the little spoilers and trailers and tidbits, whether it's Eddie Trunk or Gene Simmons or whoever. We don't want to know about we're going to go in clean, clean on Sunday night and watch this thing. So everybody's bracing themselves for that. Um, Paul did an interview. Well, well, before ahead, you just, go on, Tom, I sure, want to sure. say, um, let's give it a little quick preview real quick. Nothing too much. Do you expect that anything on there will be like, oh, did you hear that? Or do you expect this to be the same fucking shit? You take a little bit of Kiss Exposed. You take a little bit of Kiss Extreme Close Up. You take a little bit of fucking their Dan Rather interviews. Uh, and then this is what you got. I think what we hear is going to be everything we've heard. I think what we see there might be some new stuff, whether it's pictures or video clips. But I think what we hear, we're not, I don't think we're going to hear anything new. We might see some new things. So I'm excited about that. Do you feel that there will be more like eh, about the same? Or do you feel it will be even more new heightened bashing of Ace and Peter? I actually don't. Uh, you could call me naive or wishful thinking. I don't think there's going to be much bashing at all. Really? I don't think I don't think I don't think a network like A and E I don't think Paul and Gene are going to put together a bio documentary and bash the former members. I think what they might do is they might just back off comments at all. They might do a thank you and and Paul has said this before. Uh, Kiss wouldn't have existed back back then without Ace and Peter. Kiss wouldn't exist today with Ace and Peter. Like comments like that. But I don't think they're going to pile on and make comments about the drinking and the, you know, I, I hope they don't, I don't, I don't think they will. I think I, because A and E is doing this and because they're pushing it, it's going to be broadcast on a cable network. I think it'll be done fairly tastefully. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a sorted kind of behind the music MTV type thing. Yeah. I, I will predict these things. You guys tell me if they're true. I predict there'll be nothing new at all. Yep. Um, I predict exactly what Graham richly had stated. Let's see how little fucking effort I can we can put into this, and let's see. Kiss fans will eat it up. They don't. And we will. That's what we do. We'll eat it up. We'll watch it. We'll DVR it. We'll watch it over and over and over again, and it'll be nothing new. And we'll just deal with it. 
And what it's going to do is going to bring in the people that like, yeah, I like a couple songs from Kiss and they might find it interesting. Everybody likes biographies. Shit, I sat down once and watched a biography on Twisted Sister and I don't own anything by them. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? You you get interested and you want to hear it. So maybe those people might find it interesting, but we've all heard it. The fanatics have heard it. There's going to be nothing new. I predict that there's, because this is a big audience, I predict Paul will come across as Renaissance Paul. Totally. Way ahead of everybody. Put the, the, the like the 80s shit on the fucking back burner. Never talk about things that would embarrass Renaissance Paul right now. And he'll make sure mm-hmm. that the definitive um, story of the band, its players, its role is Paul and Gene and Paul has done nothing wrong. G- you know, we're the Absolutely. leaders. We did everything. Gene fucked me over in the eighties, but I held it together and I'm the real fucking leader and I'm the main guy. And these guys had problems and there'll be not a single person taking a shot at Paul's fucking sensitivity, his control oh, no, issues. No, no, nothing like that will show up, but no. there will be shots at Gene from Paul. I predict. I don't know. I mean, you call me naive, but I, I honestly think this is going to be a very professionally done softball type of love fest. I don't think there's going to be a lot of airing of dirty laundry. I, I don't I, I, I don't see it. And again, I'll say it because it's A&E. If this was VH1 or Access TV or or whatever, but A&E is a little bit more. I don't, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to get into the dirt. You know, like I said, this is not a behind the music MTV from the nineties type of show. Like we always said, Paul wanted to write his book last. He wants to be the definitive. Yeah, absolutely. Of what the era was and what the band is. He's not leaving anything that might be someone say, Oh yeah, there's an A&E biography on kiss with anything in there negative about him, but he's sure going to put his shots into everybody else. But he'll do but he'll do it. He'll do it the Paul Stanley way. He'll do it backdoor, passive aggressive way. Watch. He'll do. He'll, I'm just he'll, telling you. That's no, no, no. I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. There'll be shots, but they're not going to be. They're not going to be and they will, over. And they will be at Gene, so that at the end, the only one who doesn't get a shot against him will be him. Ah, I don't know about that. I, I, I'll disagree with you on that. That's, but who oh, knows? I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm yeah. hope I'm wrong. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. So that's the A and E stuff. What else do we got? Uh, we saw a v- an interview that Paul did uh, with Rolling Stone um, from Europe. Yeah, uh, it was it was about oh. a twenty minute it was it was about a twenty minute interview. Oh. I thought the guy did a good job asking some really random, like fanboy type questions and catching Paul off guard. Thank you. I yep. exactly. That's, I'm like, I think the language barrier in his Rolling Stone allowed him, Paul to get questions that he normally wouldn't get. Yep. The guy was nice enough to not really push it, but he put Paul on the spot and, you know, and, right off the bat, what's the perfect was, set list? Yep. And then silence. Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you right uh, now, the, the one, the uh, one thing that stood out during that interview, there was a lot of measured silence from Paul before he would answer some questions. A yeah, lot. Yeah. He ain't fucking off the cuff saying something. Nope. Nope. Uh, uh, well, well, I'll tell you what it isn't. You know, bands that play stuff for their enjoyment, they need to play the popular songs. Yep. 99% of the crowd wants to hear those. I, dude, you, you are so like, uh, you're so uh, out of touch with what 
music music fans like and what Kiss fans like. You are so out of touch. Well, the you reason he tell me ninety nine percent of the fans out there are waiting to hear say yeah and wouldn't want to hear Mister Speed or wouldn't want to hear uh, some other shit. Are you fucking kidding me? He is out of touch. We know that, though, but that's also because they've been a nostalgia act for 20 years, and he thinks that the only people that are going to these KISS shows are people that buy double platinum and you wanted the best, you got the best. That's oh, who he shit. thinks are going to these shows. Oh. He, does, he doesn't think that there are people oh, like I'll take me you, you wanted the best, you got the best, because there'll be fucking at least four songs we haven't heard in years, ever. Right, probably. But he doesn't, he doesn't think that the majority of those people are fans like me and you. It just, it, it's so, it's so aggravating yes he's never called to that it's like paul i don't understand how you say that are you i mean the stones don't do that metallica doesn't do that nobody are does they, that. are they incorrect is everybody right. incorrect you don't think that the people that are buying tickets in this day in fucking age that are spending their hard-earned money just want to hear the same 20 songs for the last 20 years are you fucking kidding me yep they already have all these on cassette. They've already seen you perform these. They want to hear some rarities. Throw something else off. Well, but it does- then, then it's what do you have to take out? I'll tell you what you take out. You take out your fucking stupid solos. You take out your stupid fucking let's shoot fucking fake shit in the air, and you put three extra songs into your set list. You and you take ass. out and you take out hundred thousand years and let me go rock and roll and say yeah and all those other songs yeah. and or you cut out the solos. You put out the shit. And you put three right. more songs in there. Are you gonna fucking die if you play three more songs? Put something different. Every fucking concert should be a different song. Or, you know, change it up. Put one new song in every fucking concert you go to. So you never know what that new song is going to be in every fucking... Look how excited we were at the Manchester show when they made one change and threw in Parasite. Everyone's like, holy fuck. Like, we're not asking... I don't want to spend too much time on the set list because we do have an episode topic to get to, but just briefly, it doesn't need to be super, super deep cuts like Lover All I Can or Mr. Speed, but you could throw in Firehouse. You could throw in I Stole Your Love. Those are even super... Tom, those aren't super deep cuts to Kiss fans. They're not. No, no, I understand that. But I'm saying you could throw in I Stole Your Love. You could throw in Come On and Love Me, two of your biggest hits. Those aren't in the set list. Take out 100,000 years and let me go rock and roll. Two of the worst. Yeah. We're not asking you to play fucking and on the eighth day in Sweet Pain. I am. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I would, I would fucking go nuts if I heard those songs. But we don't need you to go that far deep cut. Right. So even, even some fans go, what album is that off of? Nobody's gonna say what album is Lover All I Can off of. Are you fucking kidding me? It's just so aggravating. But there was right. hope because when the guy asked him, What would you put in if you could? And then he was like, leave uh, his answer. Uh, 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 uh. And he threw out what were the two songs? Is that you and Magic Touch? That was shocking. It's shocking. Like magic out of touch. <laughs> Now I yeah, like no. Magic Touch. I could hear that. And I, I, is that I like, you? I, I, I'm not I, a big I fan. Love is that you? I'm not a big I, fan, I, but I'd rather hear that. It reminds me when we did the hottest show on Earth tour, and there was some of it they were playing. I think they put on "I'm an Animal," and we were like, yep. "Yeah, I'll take that over that," because I've right. never like we're so thirsty <laughs> for anything. We'll take yep. "I'm an Animal." Yep, that's how I mean, bad it's gotten. Yeah, yeah. fucking. Oh, it just aggravates me. He is so fucking like, and it's so condescending, like trying to act like, I know what fans like. What's the last time you were a fucking concert and paid a ticket 
to go see somebody that you haven't heard and go watch that show. Every time that guy comes in your city and he plays the same fucking 20 songs, you'd go out of your mind. That's the, yeah, that's the thing too. It is condescending. He's like fans, this fans that you, you don't know. You're not interacting with the fans. You have no idea what the fans want or what they Throws think. You have out. no idea. 99% of the people shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to kill you. You do not treat me like this. But that shows you how stupid he is that he thinks 99% of the people in those stadiums or auditoriums or arenas are fair weather, only know the hits type of fans. That's that's in, that's idiotic. Then explain, and I love Say Yeah. Explain why that's in there. There's nobody clamoring for it. You think somebody's going to a Kiss concert today and being like, this is bullshit. They didn't play Psycho Circus. This sucks. Yep. Nobody would agree. do that. I'm more on the opposite. You played Psycho Circus and this sucks. Yep. Yep. Right? So mm-hmm. I don't want to hear this shit. It's just, oh, I, I have a feeling a talk to me three is coming up soon because I'm getting aggravated. Maybe we'll save it. At, maybe we'll talk to me. Part three will come after we go to our August Fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Tom, after the, um, the little interview there, he did, what else is going on? Um, well, we're going to get into the episode eventually here, but the other anniversary this week was the release of the kiss my ass album. And, uh, we will eventually do an episode on that. Believe me, we'll probably split that up into two episodes. We'll do an episode on the actual album and then an episode on the actual VHS, uh, yeah. v- the video release, the DVD video release, which is fucking fantastic. But yeah, anniversary of that. Um, so that was, that was a big deal. Again, we didn't want to say too much about that because we haven't even done the review on that, but that was the anniversary of that this week. Yeah. Um, and, and then most of the stuff that we're, they're talking about, Paul is putting up his, uh, close-ups i don't know why he puts up close-ups of his face flexing his pipes too today yeah he he did some close-ups of himself um on twitter putting shit up you know getting ready uh for the end of the road who fought it (laughs) he did he all wet but definitely not all washed up fucking thing vacation mode what is he doing? Is he trying to be like Fabio, like the sultry look with his wet hair? Like what? he can't smile. He can't smile. Like that's why I'm wondering does because a lot of you from a psychological perspective, a person's inability to smile like it is a lot. He never smiles. And you keep posting these things about how beautiful it is to go on your bike rides and you be on vacation and, and work out and exercise and prepare for the tour. You're never looking like you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Why? You're more and plus telling us that you're enjoying it. Correct. You're more, you're more like you need to let us know that that's what's happening. You simply because we look at you and it does not appear that. So you're trying to, you know, contradict what your appearance looks like. Correct. You're not having fun. So you have to put out these statements. Yep. It's just what the fuck. Now, Tom, there was another Paul Stanley thing this week. Paul hosted (laughs) the talk, co-hosted the talk twice. And this was one. I think somebody texted us to this or emailed us about the exchange between him and one of the guests, which was Kelsey Grammer. Yep. 
Yep. So Kelsey Grammer. So the, on the on the screens, it was Paul and Kelsey Grammer, and Kelsey Grammer made a statement, a very 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 emotional and heartfelt statement about how he regrets and felt terrible that he lost touch with Paul. Apparently, they were close friends. Their wives like, were very close yeah. friends, and they became and he friends. Made, it, and he made a very, very heartfelt statement about how he regrets and feels terrible, how he lost touch with Paul and, and, and feels bad about that and wants to kind of regain the connection. And it was it was really a night. And you could see on Kelsey's voice and his face that he was a kind of he meant it. He was kind of emotional about it. And Paul said, made some kind of like a comment. And he was like, so, Kelsey, so what's the f- favorite Father's Day gift you got from your kids? <laughs> Yeah, a pre- are you are you, that, are you are you that soulless, that emotionless that you can't connect like or you can't organically connect with another person emotionally? Yeah, it was so awkward. It was, like, you know, you know, I just need to like Kelsey, like went off the question that he had. And he's like, listen, I, I just yep. have to say this. Like, yep. I, I used to be very close with Paul and things happen. People, families move around and stuff. And we used to be very close and we're, we're not anymore. We don't see it. And I miss that. And I really yep. hope we can connect again. And the crowd was like, chat, Clinton Paul's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So Kelsey, um, what is the best father's day? It gives him like this it was awful. cold pre-planned interview question. Like, dude, have some soul. You emotionless fuck. Like, I felt bad for Kelsey. Cause yeah, it was he like, must be like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't rough. know what the fuck, dude. Now yep. I want. Now I know why we don't hang out anymore. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, that was super awkward. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, that's it for news on my end. I got nothing else going on here. Everybody bracing for the bio- biography on Annie. Yep. Um. And then uh, what's our buddy Super Faggy Ace doing? No, is he is he doing anything? Yeah, he's getting ready for his tour with Alice Cooper that we're going to. And then our buddy Gene, of course, uh, he's putting up some political shit. <laughs> Somebody wrote, fuck that. I ain't no lab rat, Gene. Bye bye. Are you going to oh, require God. passengers on the Kiss Cruise 10 to be vaccinated? Yes. First of all, he's not. He has no say over that. The cruise lines are requiring it. So yeah. settle down, Gene. And of course, he's retweeted some more cryptocurrency oh, things <laughs> unbelievable he loves to do this and then someone that. the street why jim kramer performs ethereum to bitcoin gene is retweeting this stuff oh my god stockbroker simmons god. settle down jesus christ oh well there's still a lot going on and uh in kiss world right now and it's a lot of fun um, this week will be a lot of fun as before we get into the topic, I just want to remind everybody, you know, we're going to be obviously discussing the, uh, the A&E biography. And then, you know, we have this episode coming out and we'll be on the, uh, Chris Jericho rat album clash, uh, on Friday as well. So there's a lot going on. We hope you guys will stay involved. And as always, please continue to interact. Let's do it. So, Tom, um, this album, You Wanted the Best, You Got the Best, was released June 25th, 1996, on my birthday. Yes. And we are at the 25th anniversary. So we kind of planned this one out in advance. Yep. 
and happened it happened that the previous live album that we discussed last week just came out so we didn't want to change anything we wanted to keep this on this is our now third live album that we're reviewing but it is something that as you brought up earlier is this a live album or is this a uh compilate uh compilation album that's for you guys kind of to decide you know we each may have our own opinion but the album uh came out in 96 um it made it to united states billboard 200 up to number 17 like every album from kiss basically it's gold Mm -hmm. the album consists of 13 tracks although the japanese version Again, has fucking New York groove. Well, I'm not missing that. Fuck that. I know you say that, but I would have loved to have it. But I don't know okay. why the U.S. version gets less. But the yep. Japanese version has um, New York groove. We'll go through the tracks as we usually do. Yep. Um, but Tom, uh, the album uh, just happened to coincide with the group's 96 to 97 Alive Worldwide tour. In other words, the reunion tour. Mm-hmm. Um, the album consists of all live tracks except for the <laughs> interview with uh, with uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say with Groucho Marx. <laughs> oh, hey, Dave, hey, what are you doing? I'm interviewing Kiss. Hey, Gene, how are you, Gene? Hey, hey. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Gene, you got my uh, dungaree jacket there? What are you doing? Hey. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you remember how it was in the 90s? Everybody, like, we like we were in college. We had, like, things where we'd be upset with each other. I was a Leno guy. You guys are all Lettermans. I'm like, I'll take the Italian from Boston over this fucking prick from New York. And you guys, I like, liked oh. Leno, but I liked Leno and I still do, but I always preferred Letterman over Leno, oh. but I like Leno. I'm not a Leno. Hater. I'm a, I'm a huge political junkie. Leno yeah. used to do the political jokes and he had his mom. I just liked his jokes, his monologue. I thought yeah. they were clever and stuff and that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. His interviews were, were painful, but yeah. I thought he was a nice man. A of course. Guy. I agree. And, yep. You know, and I just fucking whatever. But anyway, yeah. Uh, and he's on the end of this. Regardless, uh, you wanted the best. You got the best. Came out. Tom, you wanted to tell us what you thought when this thing came out? Our first interaction with it. Yeah, I got this at. Uh, I know you'll remember this, and I think uh, Mur- I know Murph will remember this, and maybe a couple of other listeners. I picked this up at the Circuit City at Assembly Square in Somerville. Uh, back when it was safe to shop there in the daylight. Yeah, so I picked that up back in 96. And it was funny thinking about how we knew about these things because it was no internet. So, like, how the hell did I know to go to Circuit City and buy this on the day that it was released? Um, you know, probably magazines and radio and all that kind of shit. So, yeah, I picked it up. I'll be honest with you. I was excited when I got it. I I, I thought it was cool to get unreleased tracks, which we will talk about in detail. And who doesn't love a live one and a live two? I thought the the kiss tells all thing with Jay Leno was fucking dumb. We'll get to that eventually, but I was excited for it. I mean, at that time, you could not get enough kiss shit because everybody was just losing their mind over the reunion. Uh, so I grabbed it, and um, yeah, we'll talk about it. What about you? What about you, Booger? Uh, just like you, me and you were just like in 
over our heads, like fucking jumping up for joy for yep. anything that was about the reunion. We couldn't believe it. We got really back into the band. So as soon as this came out, I went out and bought it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Room service two timer? Yep. Wow. This take me, different. take me was the one that caught me yeah. by surprise. And so I, I I loved it. I bought it and I, and I jumped all over it. I, I too was kind of perplexed at the whole Leno thing at the end, but I ate this up after I listened to it a few times. Did I continuously have it on my CD collection? I had it on my five disc changer mm-hmm. for quite some time though, Tom, I will admit I did yeah. because it had the new tracks and I would mm-hmm. throw it in there with other stuff when I was playing Kiss stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time I went to it. Me either. It's the only time I have room service, two-timer, let me know, and uh, really take me. So yeah, I, I would still play some of this stuff. Yep. Yeah, no, me too. And uh, again, we will talk about the uh, the liveness, shall we say, of those previously unreleased songs. So. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. So let's talk about the album cover. Yeah. So one thing about this, for me as a fan, you're not disappointed. I'm not, at least with this, because you start off with the with the album cover with um, that amazing graphic of the four faces, the Kiss logo, the flames. Uh, that is just fucking fantastic. I love that. I love that. And then uh, we'll stick with the booklet for now. So the backside of the booklet has uh, some notes written by Robert V. Conti, who is also the same guy that wrote all the note, all the notes inside all the CD remasters. Uh, so he talks about that. You fold open the booklet and there's uh, another comment by Danny Goldberg, who is the president and CEO of Mercury Records. Uh, but then you open up the booklet and you get uh, a killer picture from the alive era. Uh, and then you get the four individual shots from the destroyer era from that photo shoot of them with mm-hmm. the kind of like the spacey background. Yeah. Um, looks amazing. You get an order, uh, an, an ad for history, reserve your place in history with the book. And then you get a little slip. I actually still have this. Zeus. I don't yeah, know so do I. Look at mine. Yep. Yep. Still have the little form to order the, uh, the, the kiss convention lithograph. I wonder what would happen if I filled this out and mailed it along. <laughs> Actually, there's a website that you can order too, and you can call toll free. Back in 1996, you could call toll free. Um, so the 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 booklet I think is is fucking fantastic. If you're a Kiss fan, you gotta you gotta love the 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 booklet. So, thoughts on the booklet before we move to the rest of the packaging? Yeah, I, I I mean I I thought it was pretty cool. I love reading anytime you can get like inside writing about the album or somebody giving a retrospective look at the band and something, the history of this album is always interesting. Yeah. And I still have my stuff here too, as well. It's interesting too, because when you read this on the, on the liner notes by Robert Conti, it says, uh, Paul star child, Stanley, Peter Catman, Chris space, ace freely and Gene demon Simmons are finally together again. Interesting that that is how, and they put their, you know, the star child and the cat man all in, in, in quotes. So I thought that was kind of interesting how they reference them there by name and by character. So I thought that was kind of cool. The, the jewel case itself is awesome. It's like an orange with like a yellow insert. It's kind of wild looking. And then one of the things I really like is on the CD, we're, we're, we're talking about the CD here um, on the, the kind of like the side where it says you wanted the best, you got the best in yellow. It has like the four faces 
And it looks like they're from like from a comic book or something. I think those oh, graphics. Oh, are- those water tattoos you'd get. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. And then the CD itself actually has a graphic from a comic on it, which is really cool. And then you take the CD out and it's got a killer shot from the uh, Destroyer era tour of the three of them. It looks like they're doing the, the little deuce dance there, uh, which just looks fucking fantastic. And then, uh, yeah. And then the back of it has that picture of uh, when they were, I think that's from the, when they were introduced for the reunion, when the four of them came out. Um, and that's really cool too. So uh, really cool packaging. I think they did a nice job on it. Uh, unfortunately for somebody like me, that is a vinyl geek. This is impossible to find. Uh, it's extremely rare and extremely expensive to find on vinyl. Last time I checked, I was looking on eBay. There was an auction. I saw there was about two days left in the auction and it was already up to like 155 bucks. Um, and that was and with two days left. It's probably going to go way, way higher than that. So it's really hard to find on vinyl. So you don't want to get another live version of rock and roll all night. Actually, I would love to have Jay Leno on vinyl. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this um, this jewel case reminds me of Three Legged Dog by Alice. Yes, Kings. bingo. Yeah, you know, they have the different types. You could get three different kinds with yellow, purple, red. Yes, and stuff. This is exactly yep. what it was like a um ninety six um ninety six ninety eight um <laughs> yep. uh, right. Around exactly. the time uh, Carnival Souls and the, um, Alice in Chains, um, they opened up um, a lot of yep. copy in there. So you want to get into the tracks? Yeah, let's get into some of the background, too, before we get right into the track. So this is interesting. So this came out in 96. There was really no Internet back then. You, 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 you bought an album, a CD cassette. You played it. You see how it says previously unreleased. And you're like, oh, wow, this is great. Great. I haven't heard these songs on any live albums. Well, now, and I did this before I did this before I read anything. Okay. I went for a run the other day, like I always do whenever we do album reviews or anything. And <clears throat> I put it on and I hear room service. And I'm like, fuck off if you think I believe that that was recorded in 1975. <laughs> there is no fucking way that those vocals are from 1975 it ain't happening it's not happening now it is said that this is previously unreleased record dubs made in early 1996 okay so it says also um on wikipedia it says the liner notes report that the tracks are outtakes from a live one and two although there is some speculation to whether this is actually the case mainly because Paul and Gene's voices sound like they were re-recorded in 96, and Peter's drum sounds very modernized. In an interview in 1998 with a magazine, Bruce Kulick said that he had participated in aspects of this album in the studio, although he did not comment on the extent of his involvement. Now, I am not saying this to be argumentative or whatever. I'm saying this because we have a show, and we like to listen to this stuff. That fucking song ain't from 1975. It's, it's not. It's not. It, that That's Paul from the 90s, his voice. And if that's the case, which I think it is, it's pretty goddamn disappointing. But anyways, and I think all of these unreleased tracks, I'll tell you right now, before we get into it, the only one that sounds truly unreleased is Take Me. That, that, that sounds like that really came from the Love Gun Tour in 1977. The other ones just 
sound like they've been kind of studio manufactured to me. But they used to do let me know in that version. So have you let me? Yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. I think when they say overdubs, I think that it was. I, I, I'll say this: those vocals, at least in room service, that ain't from 1975. I think there's a lot of tweaking going on with these unreleased tracks here. Okay, so they want to get everybody excited about the the um, reunion. So let's put all songs that they will never play ever. And that probably have never really been played too. That'll get people excited. So if anything, it makes you think like, who knows what they're going to play. They can Mm -hmm. pull out the deepest cuts off of hotter than hell or, or dress to kill. Well, they didn't, but regardless, they start this stuff off with three um, original songs that we do not have. Okay, mm-hmm. as a Kiss live cut on any Kiss sanctioned CDs or albums, excuse me. So yep. the first one is Room Service. For me to add this on here, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy that bitches that they never do deep cuts or anything like that, and then bitches that they did this deep cut. I mean, I like Room Service. It's just strange. If you're going to really get into other songs that they probably did from that era, there's other stuff they could have played, but I don't know. What do you think? Room service. So I'll just make a couple general comments about the concept of this album, which I think is a good idea to kind of have like a, a greatest hits live album. You know, we're going to go out on a reunion. Let's try to get some new fans and let's try to entice the older fans, you know, whatever throwing in some unreleased ones, I think is a nice idea. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's nice to have something new, but you're right. I love room service. It's odd to include it, and it's odd to start with it. I'm not going to complain because I do like room service. I'm a huge fan of Dress to Kill, so I like it. That being said, there's no way this is from 1975. I've already said that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I've made that abundantly clear what I think. So, yeah. Well, I, I think the version of this sounds good. I think I like the song. Yep. Um, the drums is what originally got me into this song a lot better mm-hmm. than yep. I, I remembered in the past. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just surprised that they actually have this. Yeah. And then they they don't stop there. They go right into the next track. Yeah, which is interesting. They throw two-timer in there, which, again, I like Dress to Kill. Weird song to throw in. I'm not going to complain because it's it's a song that I like, but it's probably one of the weakest tracks on Dress to Kill. Not a lot of people like this song. I'm not going to argue about having it, th- having it there. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think you're, you're a very big fan of this song. No, I don't mind it. Again, I'd rather listen to Two Timer than a lot of other tracks. But this song actually grew on me. I will tell you that. Uh, over time, because it's a deep cut, its song has grown on me. So okay. I'm not disappointed. It's on it. I'd rather have it than not have it. Because I don't trust anything anymore now. I feel I feel it. After Two Timer, we get to a song that I think we both like, uh, which is Let Me Know, which I think actually sounds pretty good. I mean, I, we, anytime there's a Paul and Gene co-vocal we're a big fan of that so this was a nice surprise because I, I really like this song i think it's an underrated song and they used to do different things within the beginning of their careers mm-hmm. and i do love the and then you let me know i love that part and they 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 can make it bring it out more and get you know innovative with it and yep experiment with it it's certainly not doing that shit now but uh i like the song and it's a lot it's everybody's sentimental type of uh favorite deep cut you know let me know so uh i think that's a great way to start you go 
One, two, three. Three songs right off the bat. Nobody has these. It's not on anything else. So you're like, wow, this album is worth it right off the bat. Then you get into some alive stuff. Yep. Then they give you th- then, then they give you three in a row of the of some uh for me, honestly, probably my three favorite songs that would come out of that era is Rock Bottom, Parasite, and Firehouse. So I have no problems with that at all. And those are the originals from Kiss Alive that we've heard. So those are fantastic. I'm not gonna argue with any of those selections. Yeah, the only thing I would probably say is I might go nothing to lose black diamond firehouse or okay. maybe I would go, I'd throw in come on and love me too. in there, yep. but I would, I mean, those, I like firehouse there. Parasite and rock bottom are special. I mean, the whole album is special. So yeah, might have complained, but I would probably prefer those, but I'll take these. They're pretty good choices. What yep. about you? Would you take these three choices as your songs from alive? Uh, I love them all. I would probably take, like you said, I'd probably take, come on and love me. Um, instead of rock bottom, even though I love rock bottom, I'd leave parasite in there and I'd leave firehouse in there. I I love those versions of it. Yep. Well then let's, uh, hop on over to live two, And then we get to, I stole your love in calling Dr. Love. Yeah. Right there. Two of my favorite songs ever. Uh, especially the Alive 2 version. So I, I'm happy with that. I mean, right there, I'm not going to argue with any of that, especially I Stole Your Love. So two of my all-time favorites right there. So happy with those selections. Then they throw out the rarity that you talked about, Tom, which is previously unreleased, Take Me Live. I fucking love this song. It, one of the great songs off of Rock and Roll Over. I love it. I think this version sounds terrific. Whether or not it really is from 1977, like they say it is, I don't know, but I love it. It sounds great. Huge fan of this. Um, so I, I, this was nice to see to, to see this thrown in here. Kind of a deep cut, too, as far. I mean, you know, nothing's really a deep cut, but Take Me is kind of a deeper cut, which I, which I liked. So Take Me was always the song that people were like, why wasn't that on a live two and you keep those extra tracks for a different album? Correct. Take me hooligan. I think was another one that people asked about. Yeah, uh, and I forget the other ones that they were talking about. But do you love me? I think. Yeah. Why couldn't those be on alive too? Yep. But I like this version of Take Me as well. So let's go to the next track, and there we're back to alive too, and that is shouted out loud from alive too, and Beth from alive too. Yeah, I mean, this is when you get into like the, the, the standard. They're not gonna, you know, the, the standards in some deeper. So, all right, you said something. This is when they get into the standard, and he just cut you off. It was going. So this is when they get into adding the standards in. You know, shout it out loud, and of course, Beth. I know they're going to include these in any kind of compilation and this is a compilation or greatest hits or whatever you want to call it. But the Beth stuff, I'm just sick of the Beth, but I know that they're going to put it in there. So especially with the reunion and Peter being back. Okay. So Tom, they picked out four songs from Alive two. Yep. I'm not going to count take me. So what songs would you have put in from Alive two? From Alive two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you don't have Detroit rock city on here. I mean, if you're, uh, here's the, here's the other question that we haven't really answered or asked, who is this for? 
Who who are they making this for? Are they making this for me and you? Or are they making this for the people who are like, oh shit, Kiss is putting the makeup back on. They're gonna have a reunion. This is awesome. I'm gonna go get this this collection. So I don't know who this is for because people like me and you love take me in room service and let me know. But then the other people out there like, oh, what the fuck are those songs? I don't know those. But you then have, the, okay, but you but, have the choice. You say what four songs from a live dude you want on this. Well, they got I Stole Your Love in in Calling Dr. Love. So those would definitely be on there for me. Shock me. I don't know how Ace doesn't have a song on here. That is ridiculous, especially with a reunion. Yep. That, that makes no sense because you have Beth on there with Peter. It's also legendary, the introduction. C- correct. Yep. Um, so I would I would I would keep I Stole Your Love and Call and Dr. Love. I would throw Shock Me on there, and I would either throw in Detroit Rock City or um or Gene with God of Thunder. I don't know how you don't have that that on here either. Uh, and again, I know I'm not saying that I want to hit God of Thunder again and that it belongs on another compilation, but but that being said, I love Take Me being on there. Yeah, I would probably keep I Stole Your Love. I might go to King the Nighttime World. The other okay. song that is I think is I love on Alive too is Ladies Room. Yes, love that version of that. And yep. then maybe Shock Me. Yeah. I, I, shock me should have been on here not having an ace i mean you're you're doing a reunion and you're going to be playing shock me on the reunion tour you know that you're going to do yeah, that so you that maybe, should be that, go ahead so i was going to say it should be on here yeah so you, maybe you stick with beth because you want to give peter a song and let people remind them that where peter was so right. you put beth shock me i stole your love and then i would probably do something like ladies room or yep. king of the nighttime world yeah, um, something like that. Yep. So then, uh, the uh, <laughs> they go back to rock and roll all night. Gee, what's that all about, Tom? From Alive. Yeah, I mean that's got to be on there. It's the most famous, beloved yeah. version of the song. You know yeah. that's going to be on there. Yeah, that's the, so. I don't have a problem with that. They end it with, a, but it's not like they're doing this as though making you feel like this is a concert. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure how that works. I mean, you could see a concert where shout out loud Beth and rocker all night, the last three songs that would be, that would make for an encore. I mean, it could, yeah. it could be, it could be an encore. Yeah. Or they could just pull out chairs and everyone sit around and Jay Leno can interview the band. Oh boy. Holy fuck. So you want to talk about the 17 minute interview? Yeah, it's just, I mean, again, 96, Jay Leno was on top of the world. He was a big, big guy, very safe, harmless. They're not going to do an interview with somebody from Rolling Stone or friggin' Circus Magazine or Spin or whoever. They're going to they're gonna have a safe, fun guy on there. You know, the jokes are bad. The one-liners, it starts off, hey, you know, where's this vault you talk about? You know, is, is, is it behind the mayonnaise? <laughs> You know, and then Paul's like, uh, actually, it's uh, behind the uh, Fortress of Solitude. You take a left. You know, we share space with Superman. It's like, okay, already I'm annoyed. You're you're all fucking <laughs> dorks. You're all idiots. Um, but then they get in. Then they start getting into it. And a lot of the que- the questions are all safe and softballs, except for, ooh, I thought. Well, this question was. Th- see, it's funny how when you see when you hear something 25 years later, based on what's going on in the Kiss world now. So Jay just asked a simple question. Tell me about the the makeup designs. What, what, what prompted that? Did you, you know, how long did that take? Are these your own ideas, whatever? And they said, yeah, 
these are our alter egos. We created these individually. You know, Ace is like, you know, I was always fascinated by uh, science fiction and space travel. And Gene, you know, being a fan of the old monster movies and all that stuff. So as I'm listening to that, I'm like, okay, we're on record as saying that we're fine with Tommy and Eric wearing the spaceman and the Catman makeup. But when I hear quotes like that, that's why people are annoyed with it because these were personally created characters. Spaceman was not like, Hey, let's make a guy who's from out of space. Hey, Catman, let's make a cat. Like these were all based on Ace Freely's personality, Gene Simmons personality. So again, I'm on record as saying I'm okay with it, but I, when I hear stuff like this, I kind of understand why people are like the fuck are these guys wearing the spaceman and the Catman for. So I thought that was interesting. Zeus, what did you think of that little comment and that little conversation about the makeup? Yeah, they're going to change the narrative as soon as those guys are out of the band. Oh, well, what it really means. And then people will be like, you don't get the chance to shove this shit back in their face. And what was this then? Because, you know, we don't get that opportunity. It's just. Right. We've learned to just shut our mouths and just get take what we can from the band. Um, I'm just not going to be one of those miserable fucks that just won't let it go and doesn't watch the band because fucking Eric Singer wears Peter's makeup. I don't care. I don't. No, I agree. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, And then I thought another interesting comment was by Paul when they were talking about, you know, why get back together now? You know, everybody was talking about, you know, Peter Chris coming to the conventions and then Ace was brought in and, you know, the magic and MTV unplugged and everything. And Paul made it, had a comment where he says, you know, there are four different stories by four different people about what they believe happened in terms of the band breaking up. So I thought that was it. Cause I, I feel like Paul would never say that now. Hell no. Four, four different stories by four different people about what happened. So I thought yeah. that was interesting. But the rest of it was mostly, you know, then, the, then then everybody piled on Gene making fun of him about women. And, you know, Jay Leno asked a question, you know, yeah. oh, you know, what, yeah, you know, I, you know, do you like kiss? <laughs> we are kiss. You know, then he's asking questions about, oh, do the groupies like it when you leave the makeup on? And it's like, all right, whatever, you know, and it, it, look, this was an interview to push the tour. Um, so most of it was safe. Nothing nothing earth shattering you know they get into some history you know the band and detroit rock city and they wrote rock and roll all night and so if you're new to the band or if you're not a diehard like us you're like oh okay i didn't know that but i don't understand why it's on here i'm 17 minutes come on man you know detroit got it right away yeah exactly it's like okay all right we get it you know I tell you one thing I love about that. I love hearing Peter's voice. His voice is so unique. I love Peter's voice. Yeah. It, it, yeah. That's the thing. I think Paul didn't know that where he'd be today, wealth right. wise and all that was where he, you know, from the journey from where he was back then. So that's why he's talking all oh, four of us, you know, we got to make this thing work and things like mm-hmm. that. At yeah. some point he's like, you know what? The fans are buying this shit without these two assholes. Fuck them. Yep. And let's just change the story and just say whatever we want. And because I'm going to be asked this every single time. So let's come up with how are we going to answer it? And they probably took some, you know, PR lessons and stuff. How are you going to spin this? This is the narrative. This is what you stick to. These are the talking points. 
and they moved on and they're like, yep. fuck the other guys. Yep. Right. And then it just ends with uh, Jay asking about the tour, you know, and it's going to be a worldwide tour and whatever. And, and of course, Gene did his line. We're going to show everybody how the big boys do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. The big boys. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. You know, I, I mean, I, for, for a compilation release, I thought they could have added a few more songs, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that especially since if you really think about it, there's 12 songs. If you're trying to make it kind of like a concert experience, at least bring it to 15. But, you know, overall, it's something different. We needed to jump on it. It certainly got its criticism for being a cash grab. You know, people bitching about it saying, this is only because uh, it's, you know, the reunion promotion It's nothing to do with the band. I don't know. Um, I enjoy it. I'm happy I have it in my collection. It's got, you know, four th- four tracks that technically I don't have. Five if you count Jay Leno. Um, so I'm glad it's in my collection. What's your yeah, thoughts? I w- yeah, I was surprised reading some reviews and just some background how the, the beating that this thing took. I mean, yeah, it is a cash grab. It's a promotional item. That's all. It is. It's a promotional item for the tour. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, and and look, Zeus and I are on record as bashing Kiss for money grabs and cash grabs. We've done that many times. I don't have a problem with this. Yeah. I thought it it's exactly what it is. It's a promotional item for the tour. And they tried to entice you with a nice booklet with pictures, some information, some new songs, a Jay Leno interview. I don't have a problem with it at all. I really don't. Yeah. So for me, uh, I'm pretty, you know, I have a pretty positive thing anytime we're talking about a live album me and you are always like well what about you wanted the best it's it's part of the kiss catalog for me and it's part of uh the kiss lore that this is a live album that's how i look at it i guess yeah yeah i agree yeah i don't i don't have a problem with it i mean it's not something i go to often but i don't have a problem with it at all yeah so um let's do what we try to do and that is on each of these live compilations, Tom, we try to rank our five favorite tracks. So for this one, since the previous live album, I don't want to get into a live one, a live two stuff, because we'll get into those when they come out. But if you really want to go there, technically there are five tracks that are new. So let's start with that. Number five for you. Number five for me has got to be the Jay Leno interview. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, number five. Hey, you know, <laughs> where's the vault? Is it behind the mayo? Oh, God, stop it's behind your fucking chin. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All right. Here it gets good. Number four. Two timer. Really? Yeah. You're going to go. What? Yep. Take me. Oh, really? Yes. What? Yeah. You like two timer better than take me. I didn't see, on this. Yes, I do. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, number three for me is uh, going to be let me know. And I love that. I think it sounds great. Uh, number three for me, I would uh, make this a uh, two timer. Yeah. Um, 
Number two for me, I like the song, but this is a bullshit version here. This ain't from 75. Room Service is number two. Uh, same here, Tom. I put Room Services two. Okay, and I have Take Me as number one. And I have Let Me Know. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of that, especially the dual vocals. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, it sounds great, too. Shit. I yep. fall for that all the time. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Tom, what we do next is we compare our live previous live album reviews. So we've reviewed two live albums prior to this, Kiss Alive 3, and the recent, when I mean recent, last week, Kiss Off the Soundboard Tokyo 2001. Let's go album cover first. Where does this one fall? Okay, so I just want to be clear here. We're putting this in the live album category, not the compilation album category. Exactly. Okay, that's fine. Because either way, it doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? Uh, for artwork, I'm putting this number one. Wow. Yep. It's I got did the guy. not see this coming. Yep. And I'm I'm incorporating not just the actual cover itself, but the booklet and all the materials that are in. But I love the cover. It's the four original members and makeup. Yeah. So that's number one for me. See, for me, I, I get nostalgia w- whether it's um, one way or the other, whether it's yeah. uh, uh, makeup or non-makeup. Uh, I'm not, oh, only makeup, no matter what, that's always number one. No, so I know. For me, uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Kiss Alive 3 is number one. You Want the Best is number two. And certainly okay. Kiss Off the Soundboard is a number uh, three for me. Yeah. No, I love Alive 3 also. Uh, I won't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go with albums, live albums rank. So where now you've had, we've done two. So you had Kiss Alive 3, then Kiss Off the Soundboard. Where does this one fall? Well, again, I don't want to spot start splitting hairs, but this is kind of a collection here. And the Jay Leno thing just fucking sinks this for me. <laughs> it really it really does. The Jay Leno thing sinks this, but the unreleased tracks lifts it up a little bit more. Um, so I'm going to put this. I'm going to put this at number two. I'm going to I'm going to keep I'm going to keep off the soundboard last. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tom, it's it's not uh, there's no, you know. Uh, what's the word? Suspense. <laughs> yeah, there's no suspense here, Tom. Okay. This is Kiss Alive 3. Then you wanted the best. You got the best. And then definitely number three, Kiss Off the Soundboard. I would rather have you wanted the best. You got the best than Kiss Off the Soundboard Tokyo 2001. Oi. Oh, me too. Me too. Exactly. So I know. I got you. I hear you. I hear you, Goose. Whew. Anyway, our third live album review in the books. Tom, this is what we do next. Hi, this is Ed Spansberg of ClickTeaShop.com. And for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTeaShop.com. At Click Tea Shop, you can find lots of Kiss-inspired t-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. Okay, so our question, I've, I, I have a couple of older banked questions here that I like to pull out every once in a while. 
uh, because it might be a topic that maybe we touched upon over the over the years here. But, you know, w- w- the show's growing, thank God. And we have some new listeners. So maybe kind of revisit a topic with a little bit more detail. So this is a question from a while ago from our good friend, Deuce, big fan of the show, part of the family here. And his question says, let's say that Paul is done with Kiss, but Gene, Tommy and Eric want to go on. What happens? Can they continue with someone else? If so, who? We don't have to spend a lot of time with that. But would one of the solutions be to add more Gene songs to the playlist? Yeah, I would hope they add more Gene songs. They bring on the we talk about. I've talked about this before. They can do like an Eagles things. Bring on two people. You know, throw somebody else in there. Uh, a Todd Kearns can handle these these songs, definitely. He can mm-hmm. wear the makeup for Paul and handle it. Maybe put a third, uh, another singer in there to handle different songs, help out with harmonies and things like that. Once you break the mold, you can do all sorts of things. All of a sudden, you can add backgrounds, back uh, background singers, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, dude, is that two girl singers back there singing? Yeah, who gives a fuck? I'd rather see it. Now, having Gene back there performing... And maybe picking up a couple extra songs. I guarantee you, if Paul leaves, the set list will fucking change a thousand times. And it'll start getting innovative again and changing things up. It's Paul's the reason why we have the same fucking shit songs. Do you want to see Paul replaced? No. No. no, no what, I, what I mean by what, what what I mean by that is if Paul wants to leave. And the other guys are like, yeah, no. as long as they don't put out new material. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I would see Gene fucking Eric and so-and-so and Tommy and somebody playing Paul. I, I would see that. I would, too. Yeah, I would, too. Keeping Eric and Tommy in the band gives That's, it legitimacy. That's I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing something like a, a Chicago ad on my Facebook yep. thing. I'm yep. looking at these people. Half these people look like they're in their forties. Half of them look like in their seventies, half, uh, you know, whatever. Yep. Everyone's all over the place. I don't know how many of those guys are really in Chicago. All I know is there's no Peter Cetera. <laughs> so to each their own. Right. Well, it's like the Doobie brothers are doing a 50th anniversary tour. It's like, what? Yeah. But I think they have the members. Like, yeah. Who's in foreigner that now that's touring you. <laughs> Who's who's the rhythm guitarist? Tony Musalem? They don't allow curmudgeons in Florida. <laughs> Poor yeah. Tony. We we love Tony. Come on, let's be nice. Oh, okay. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know, make up for it so that when we get him on the cruise, we can really torture him. Yeah, he's gonna get tortured, all right. So Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my idea. What about you? No, I, I I agree. I mean, if 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 Gene, Eric, and Tommy remain, and they get somebody to replace Paul, you know, we've said this I think before in past conversations. Somebody like Todd Kearns, whose voice is just fan fucking tastic, he'd be great. Um, so yeah, I, I'd go. I'd go for it. It would be interesting. It'd be different, but it'd be. Interesting. Or they could do one thing different if his son could handle it. It gives it a lot of legitimacy. Look, Evan, when, when the Eagles were going to say they're going to continue touring without Glenn Fry, everybody's like, what the fuck? How the fuck you do that? Glenn Fry is just as much as like Paul and Gene touring yep. without the other yep. in the Eagles. And all of a sudden they bring his son and they're like, oh, 
then all the fans are like, okay, this isn't that much of a cash grab then. Yep. It's okay. It's his son's in there. Maybe he'll be, his son, his family going to get some money out of this too. Yep. And, you know, Don Henley's like, the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's my money. You're getting paid as a fucking performer. That's what he said to him. Well, well, they they're getting our money because we're going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Gene Simmons comes over and he goes, you know, Don, what I think. It- All right, Gene, get the fuck out of here. Don, I'm happy for you. I got Tom and Zeus's money and now you're getting their money. Kudos <laughs> to you. <laughs> in a snowstorm in Boston, 1978. I fucked two fat cousins in Walden Woods. <laughs> you might you might want to pick up some of those condoms in the Walden Woods area. Walden Woods. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, man. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you for the awesome question, Deuce. We love you, brother. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. So, Tom, where can people find us? All right. So our email address, uh, as you can see, we love to read the emails. We read most of them on the air. Um, even if we don't read it, we still talk about it and read it amongst ourselves. And that is shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Please email us feedback, questions, all the kind of good stuff. Uh, and of course, the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, very interactive on those uh, DMs as well on all those, the direct messages. Um, and the show, we're part of the great Pantheon podcast network of, of shows. You can hear us everywhere. Obviously, you're listening to us now, but we're available on all the major platforms. Everywhere you hear a podcast, you can hear us. Uh, and like our question of the week, sponsored by our good friend Ed from Click T Shop. He designed our great logo, and he has amazing Kiss-inspired stuff on his website, Click T Shop, click with a K. Uh, check out Ed. He keeps coming up with some new designs. I actually just picked up the new Revenge design, which is fantastic. It's the the Statue of Liberty skull face with the uh, Revenge font uh, written on the front of it, though. Uh, really awesome design he's got there. So check out Ed, Click T Shop with a K. And also, as Zeus said uh, earlier in the show, do not forget to check out our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can check us out on the website or the app. Search for us, shout out Loudcast in the creator area. Uh, Take a look at what's going on there. We have a couple tiers, different tiers with some goodies and some kind of cool different things. Check it out. Uh, We'd love to see you join our family. Uh, It's growing, and we're thrilled for everybody that is already a part of that family. So check us out on Patreon. Uh, As we did tonight, we get a ton of DMs. So please continue the DMs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. And in addition to that, uh, we're uh, let's get some five, some of those five star child reviews on iTunes going. When you uh, give us one of those iTunes reviews, we always read it on the air. We really appreciate it. And it helps out the podcast. So if you get a chance, Please go on uh, iTunes and give us one of those five-star child reviews. And finally, I always like to repeat the email because we love reading them. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Before we go to Famous Last Words, I do want to tell you guys to please check out our episode on Talk is Jericho. We should be coming out on Friday. It is an album clash, uh, Invasion of Your Privacy versus out of the cellar me and tom and our buddy from the album review crew sunny pooney and our <laughs> our awesome host chris jericho 
and the four of us are making a, a great team because you probably just heard also in addition to that our new album review crew with chris jericho where we review poisons <laughs> look what the cat dragged in tough <laughs> Ooh, tough i like to slide it in <laughs> it sounds like hi stanley they're reading glasses. Oh man! Oh, God, he's a tough one. <laughs> Your necessary prescription, Mister Tipton. Tipton, Mister Uh 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 Tipton. They're reading glasses. You were not wearing your necessary prescription eyeglasses. They're reading glasses. Thanks, Mr. Tipton. Uh, and Tom, let's end with some famous last words. What do you got there? <laughs> what do you got? My plane's delayed, and I'm afraid. They're going to keep me waiting here till nine. Then a stewardess in a tight blue dress says, I get the time. Tomas, just call me a three-time loser. That's all I'll ever be, because my baby's a two-timer. You know, she's two-timing. She's a two-timing me. Settle down, Gene, you loser. Tom, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, you guys are the greatest. Thank you for everything. And Zeus, as always, thank you, my friend. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 